Okay, so I'm, you know, I'm taking off my shirt. I'm getting my towel out. Uh, I'm ready to run down to the beach for another beautiful episode of Five Questions with Andrews Croft, Summer Edition. Um, Again, these will probably be coming out uh, closer to fall. Uh, But, you know, it's quarantine summer. It's it's never-ending, you know, the never-ending story of of summertime uh, blues and, and, and happiness and whatever. Um, I'm joined today by a, uh, a true wizard, a true scholar, um, a true friend, a true magic user, a true elder, a true, um, ancient ruin follower, um, and a true, just a true everything. Um, I'm joined by John Harrison. That's me. Would, would you say you're as true as I've described you? Yeah, I'd say even truer. You know, the uh, everything you've heard is only about 70% as true as I am. Uh, that's interesting. Um, can you, do, do you uh, care to elaborate on that? No. All right. Yeah, this is, this is important. Um, well, I wanted to thank you for, for coming on board. I, I did turn my video off. I'm sorry. Uh, John and I are, are on a Zoom beach date. Um, you know, we're laying in the sand of Zoom. Uh, I, you know, if, I, if my video was on, I'd put on a little beach background and we could, you know, frolic around there. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening in, I just changed my Zoom virtual background to be a a meme i found because i realized you can just use anything have you uh you've augmented your reality i have this is Um, this is virtual uh you're gonna you're gonna edit the sounds of me eating out of this right sure yeah we'll we'll find those bad boys um we might keep in a couple for you know the foley art you know the, Mm. the production value um, you know, speaking of augmented reality, uh, John and I met while we were going to Emerson college, uh, and we had several classes together as we were starting out, including foundations of media production with John or Craig Freeman. something or other with John Craig Freeman, the master of augmented reality and, uh, digital space and second life. Look him up, everybody. I, you know, I, I, sincerely, he's a master of it. I miss his um, his tangents. Do you like, miss like, uh, the time? Do you miss the time that uh, that wall fell or was going to fall on a student, and he jumped out of the way so that it would fall on them instead of falling on him? Yeah. <laughs> I think that that speaks that speaks a lot, you know, to to the kind of guy he is. It does. You can I don't know if you can hear it through Zoom, but folks listening into my my H4N recorder will hear church bells. It is now seven o'clock. Time to pray. (laughs) Um, For those who don't know, John John lives inside of a uh, a uh, cuckoo clock. Yeah. Uh, that and like the crawl space between like the two floors of the uh, like where the choir is in a church and like 
you know, the, the ceiling. Mm. It's kind of like I, I oh, live that, like a spider-like existence. That like negative space between the the next floor yeah. and the stairs. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> I'm really skinny, so it works. Um, ha, I, you know, I, I sometimes I, I fool around the space a little bit. You know, sometimes I, you know, before I get into the five questions, you know, I'll ask a couple questions that Ooh, you know, bonus questions aren't aren't part of the five yeah you know so uh uh what are some of your memories from from when we first met and again this is not one of the questions so look you you don't have to answer this but maybe I'll, for this one yeah maybe i'll phrase it as a command <laughs> tell me tell me uh some some of of the memories uh that you have from when i'm we really first sorry met. about all these chewing noises um, what are you, you're you're eating Thai food, right? Yeah, nice old pad Thai. Uh, I think it's Daxen is the restaurant. I forget what it's called. Anyways, oh, now we've dated the episode. By the end of Corona, that place uh, we don't I don't know it. if don't it'll still. It. <laughs> I'm saying it so that you know good energy approaches them. Yeah. You know. Um. So, uh, well, first, first and foremost is the memory of. The time that um, we first met, and we were in Matt Lowe's RA room, signing the paperwork, mm-hmm. and I had a guitar strung over my shoulder, like always, and I turned around and knocked over one of his pictures, and then I saw Andy, and I was like, hi, are you Andy? <laughs> Um, and I was so nervous. I had seen outside of our room, there was a bowl of, uh, was it Mike and Ike's or yeah. something? Oh God, I remember like, Mike and Ike's, or yeah. Good, good and Plenty. I don't I remember which. Yeah. And there was a bowl that said, take some candy. And I got, I was like, who is that? Who's this trickster? And I assumed, uh, that it might be John until I had seen, uh, the mishap with the, yeah. the photo. John is way too clumsy to ever pull off a, a scheme a like Mike that. Mike and Ike prank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that first year was so strange. I, I remember when we were moving out uh, that I just wound up with uh, a full set of Tupperware uh, that somebody had left behind. And I, I don't know who it was, but it was like a nice decked out set. Probably Enrique. Or Zach. Yeah, um, I, I, no, it was. I think Zach and I were the last ones to leave. Actually, it was uh, that year. Yeah, you might have been. Yeah, freshman year was a wor- total whirlwind. Um, good and bad, uh, just all over the map. <laughs> just like totally wild. Set set the the bar for what would be going down the road later on. But. Yeah, I mean things kind of. Well, actually, sophomore year was pretty crazy, too. For, like, like a different kind of crazy. I don't know. Life, man. It's what happens. Just every year is, like, a little bit... It's a little bit different, but it's also a little bit the same, you know? Mm-hmm. But you know what, what has been a through line through all of that? Is our love of Max Rebo. Mm. Well, I mean, you know... Max Rubo has been with me. Like per, I can only speak to my own personal experience, yeah, but of he course, has yeah. stuck with me through thick and thin. 
Um, I love that. Basically a brother, you know, every time I watch, you know, the, the extended sequence in Star Wars Episode Six, Return of the Jedi, where they uh, they launch into the, the song and dance number. Um, mm-hmm. I, I cry. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, I mean, there there he is. There he is. And when Cy Snoodles gets up to the microphone. Yeah, Oh, oh, that's the other guy. I forget, I forget what his name is. But Cy Snoodles is the one who's like, wah, wah, chee, oh, the hot wah, one. Wah, wah. Yeah, the sexy yeah, my, one. My the one who awakening. <laughs> the one who um, what was in the original version of that scene, but was like a puppet on a stick. Oh yeah, I remember. I had the um, actually, I think as a friend had the like he had the addition. Where it had like the, I feel like it was an hour long, but it was probably only like 15 minutes of like George Lucas talking about the films before each film. Like there's a certain box set. And so I remember for when we'd watch I remember Return of those. the Jedi, yeah. they'd be talking about the digital technology that went into cr- to crafting this all new scene. And how excited George was by the prospect of being able to put in, you know, these new characters. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, and it was a huge success. Everyone loved it. It's arguably the best film, uh, best film in the series, but also the best scene of the best film for that reason. But I, I remember those videos. Um, it was like the kind of thing where like you'd watch the VHS, the movie would play. And yeah, it was either like before or after like this little featurette of like the making of how they did the remasters in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and I remember two clips from that. One of them is, uh, when they're riding the speeder through, um, Mos Eisley. Oh yeah. And like, they're just like going along and, and he's like, added the two droids fighting. He added the two droids fighting the pit droid to like, or I don't even know if it was a pit droid at that point, maybe. Um, but he added like that flying thing that I always remember. Uh, that's like, wow, 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 wow. And he's like, you know, I just, I had to make it more busy. I needed to make it busier. And it's like, what, why, why did we need this? But the other one I remember is, um, it was a big deal that the Jabba scene returned to a new hope. Yeah. Um, and when they were showing. how would we know showing... what Han's motivation is? Right. Yeah. We got to see Jabba back then. Yeah. We need to know Jabba's arc too. You know, where does this guy come exactly. from? <laughs> Honestly, Jabba's the real main character of the series. There is a read, you know, on the movies that I think you could pull through. You know, I think that's where the sequel movies went wrong. There's not enough Hut representation. 100%. You know, they they were a big deal um, during the Galactic Empire. Yeah, so. that like little flash we got during Episode One, Phantom Menace. Um, to be honest, I thought that was the was direction it was going, but it's a total tease. And I was so excited. Yeah. I was like, I can't wait for episode two, Attack of the Huts. We saw that that sexy uh, female hut next to oh, uh, Jabba. Uh, well, actually, if I could go on a tangent here about gender amongst the huts. Um, so in the new canon, it actually hasn't been established uh, what the situation is down there. Um, but in legends, uh, there actually aren't like, uh, genders necessarily. Like it's, it's more of like, uh, 
the the huts are uh, hermaphrodites essentially. Yeah, that's that's what legends was was saying. That's what they were putting out there. So Disney put the kibosh on it. So we don't we don't know what's going on there. So, we don't know. <laughs> I just want to say we were talking about freshman year, and I think and an now, epiphany yeah. an epiphany moment for me my freshman year was when I realized that I just happened to be living with someone who I could have conversations like with this and have that be like normal. Um, I, very quickly, I was like, wow, I can just talk to these guys about weird stuff. You know? I, I remember the night we were just like, everybody huddled around. Yeah, because no one invited uh, us to in any parties room. and we were too shy to get out there. So we all just like huddled in like a briefcase room or something. Which is funny though, because when I think when we got first got there, we were so adamant about going to things. Like we went we to, we went to like the all the orientation stuff. We went to the night stuff. We went to uh, the date doctor show. We oh, like dressed up. For oh, I forgot it. we dressed up. We did. <laughs> that was the. And uh, then we went, that was like a classic Andy yeah. hijink right there. Was that we all yeah. decided. We all would put on like our best, most formal wear and go to the see the fucking date doctor. Oh, can I swear on this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go see the date yeah, this doctor. This isn't for babies. Like, I don't even. I, I honestly don't remember a word he said. I don't remember if it was problematic. I, I just feel like remember. it was just like a mediocre stand-up routine with some yeah. like generic like dating advice that you'd get off Reddit. <laughs> I think his emphasis Actually, was just I would say listen to each other. Might be better than dating advice you could get off Reddit. Um, actually, now that I think about it, but yeah, it was basic. It was basically just like, don't ignore the woman, you know. <laughs> don't don't scream in the middle of dinner. Respect them. Yeah. Respect them. Yeah. He really and didn't we... say enough about consent. I remember that. Were you there when we went to the dance during orientation or whatever? Oh, man. Was I? At, like, that hotel or whatever? It was, like, some weird place you had to go for that. I I don't... It was, like, a weird dance. There weren't a lot of people there. My... I feel like that fits into, like, from that early freshman year phase. Like, I got, like, a sense of Boston's geography. But it was, like, extremely, like... Cause I didn't, I like, I had no idea how anything connected to anything. So it's like, yeah. I remember so what like the room fractured. looked like, but I have no idea. Actually, I think, I think it might be, um, Emerson owns, I think there's that, like, it's right next to the hotel, uh, over by Paramount is that building. Oh, uh, that might actually be where the new, uh, annex is. Oh, no, not not that building. Not that? Okay. Um, oh, no, no, no. No, sorry. Emerson doesn't... I've been there. I've been there at another Emerson event. That's why I'm thinking. Anyway. Yeah, it was some, some random space, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I also think about Brian a lot when I think about freshman year. And, like, I remember he went to that party and he was dancing it up. Um but I also think about when you and I were on the set of a Warlords movie, and uh, it was you, me, Brian, and Dallas. Oh, 
god, they were there. That was my birthday. Oh, and they were. Oh, that was my birthday. Yeah, that was that was your birthday. Yeah, my first birthday in we, college. I was on a warlord set with. We, we Brian, had a call time of like seven or something. Who at that point, the uh, the Brian arc of freshman year is really well done. I'd say, in terms yeah, of like a. It's the best one. Yeah. Um. But at that point, we didn't like Brian. He was the only one. Like Andy and I from day one were just talking about like the genders of Star Wars characters or like, you know, I don't even remember. <laughs> just dumb, dumb yeah, shit. Like, pot- like, tw- like 12 year old potty humor. <laughs> um, and then Brian was the only one who like didn't instantly mesh. Uh, it wasn't until second semester that like, like he started to open up more. I think we got a little bit more comfortable with him. And then, and then it was totally. great. I love Brian. Shout out to Brian. And really, I think what brought it all together, uh, in my opinion, was when we bought uh, the Dragon Ball video game, and he would just like play it constantly. And like Enrique, myself, and him, like we all had a thing to like bond over with that. I feel yeah, like. I, I agree. Um, no. Um. Yeah just just a wild time and and we've been on some adventures as well some wild trips to uh different areas in massachusetts we've been to maine new hampshire yes um some wild rides in my old minivan every time back in the day every time there's a there's a story yeah that, that minivan almost didn't make it back from maine oh my god i forgot about that that was crazy uh, when that when that guy called me at like six in the morning and he was like, "You're not going home." He's yeah. like, "That's not going to happen." And I was like, "Okay." And then another guy called me at twelve and was like, "All right, yeah, come pick it up." <laughs> yeah, that was a roller coaster. And then we all like all loaded into it, and it was like, it was like, as you me. I know, because we dropped off. We dropped off Logan and Allison. We had a ton of people, but, but for it part like of the journey, it was people. just yeah. Every seat, I think, was we had more people than seats actually, because I was squished. We did. I was like either sitting on someone's lap or I was like between, like three people. I think we we had so the the van seats seven, including the driver, um, and we had all seven filled and then we had two people just like floating like in, in the negative space yeah, between chairs. It. it was really bad. Um, in hindsight, I don't know how that worked. The, the van like almost buckled under itself. Well, from especially the given it what the crazy. van had just been through. Uh, but it, it never failed me. It never failed me after that. Uh, well, that's not true. Actually, the spark plugs one time just like turned off and I had to veer off the road. I but but yeah, that that thing was a tank. Yeah. Oh man, you got you got me nostalgic thinking about all the good old days. Yeah, there's so many so many adventures. Sure. I feel like I think we're I think we're days. overdue for a new one. You know. We, yes. Well, I guess making the movie counts as an adventure. But I'd say that was a good other, adventure last summer. Other than yeah. that, you know, there haven't been. I guess Dogtown was the last. Uh, Oh no! Ray, Random flea market was the last adventure. Oh, that was a good adventure. That was a good one. There's, there's definitely like different periods of these adventures, though. Like, 
Yeah. I feel like the the newer ones are a little. <laughs> they're a little less crazy. It's, it's a lot more but together. <laughs> but a a lot more surreal. I feel like. Yeah. The newer ones. That sounds right. Yeah, I feel like the the early adventures were just. Um, well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead. Were you there? To uh, answer one of your questions, um, number yeah. two on the oh, list okay. he sent me. Sure. Um, yeah, well, well, excuse me. Let me. Would you like to move into the question? We could. I was only going to bring it up because it was an adventure, and I yeah. don't remember if you were on it. I I feel like you were. Well, John, I'm just. I'm going to ask this question. Okay. Uh, is is the answer this story, or is it related to this story? Yes. Okay. Uh, but first, before I ask this question. Uh, everyone who comes on the show, uh, I have them do a little theme song before we move into the five questions. Uh, they can do a theme song, they can do a spoken word, a haiku, whatever you would like. Um, but it, it, it has to be some kind of an introduction to the show. Um, oh, uh, you, d- you didn't prepare yeah. me for this one. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, usually I, I buffer people into it, but you know, I'm doing doing a lot these days, so you know. I, I think you you can take these uh, these next five seconds to uh... okay um, <clears throat> it's John okay he's a guy <laughs> okay that's great uh, so let me, let me I have no idea how question. well I picked up on the mic but um, and I'm for excited those, and for those uh, listeners at home who are curious what I'm playing I am playing a Brand new microwave safe uh, takeout container with a fork on top. Mm. Uh, we're going to have to add that one yeah. to Ultimate Guitar, uh, add a new tab for that one. Uh, made famous by the legendary jazz drummer Bernard Purdy. <laughs> In the style of Buddy Rich. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, okay, so who has scared you the most in life? Okay. Well, this is, and I feel like a lot of this will be like this. There's always, mm-hmm. I'll always, I'll say an answer, but I'll feel like in the back of my head, I'll be like, is that, is that the most scared I've been of a person? Like, I feel like there's got to be one more. But, it could be like relative. Yeah. Um, but in any case, and Andy, I'm sorry. I, I don't remember if you were with me. Enrique was there. It was Enrique. I know. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't think I was there. I know Enrique was there. So it was Enrique. I want to say Ivan was there. Or was it? That it sounds Enrique about right. And actually. like a friend of Enrique's. And then I think his girlfriend. No. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. No, totally wrong. It was, uh, it was Murphy. Oh, my goodness. I, I Murph. Was, I, I forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, I forgot about him, too. I think he That's... I oh got. I don't clearly remember. Anyways, freshman year, we went to uh, Kendall Square Cinema to see. Was it Spirited Away? Was it? Was it? They, they were having Princess Mononoke. Oh, it was Mononoke. Oh, that was great. That was a good time. Um, I remember when you you y'all went to go see that. Yeah, uh, and do not regret seeing that in theaters was wonderful. Um, a little bit do regret. I don't know. I was like uh, a little bit of context. I was like a different person freshman year. 
I feel like in terms of like I think we all Yeah, we all were. We're pretty I different. was like this very weird it was like when you like mix like a chemical concoction and you get like an explosion. It was just like it was like a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of like crazy amount of self affirmation from like finding a friend group instantly, a little bit of just like weird like nineteen year old energy and like a little bit of just like no parents. And like that like stirred that stirred into a pot that produced freshman year John, who was just like I'd say like a lot more yeah. reckless. Uh, really weird. We all were, I feel like. <laughs> really, really weird. Uh, would just, would just say the craziest stuff with no context. Like, there was no filter. Um, mostly in a bad way. I, I said and did a lot of things I'm, I'm not proud of. Um, most, and I, and I say that not as like I did bad things. I just did things that were embarrassing a lot just like cringy yeah oh god you i keep myself up at night thinking about something i'm not (laughs) gonna bring them up but (laughs) i mean i I, i'm there too that'll be a different podcast yeah um, anyways so here we are we just seen princess mononoke great film loved it uh and i'm feeling wonderful and i'm just i started fucking skipping i'm just skipping down the uh also so it's i should preface this it's kendall square like Nine. No, so the movie was probably like seven or eight. So it was probably like close to 10 at night, like fairly deserted. And we're going back to the tea and I'm just skipping along and kind of out of this like shaded area, kind of like behind a tree, this guy comes out. And if I had a little bit more street smarts, I would have been like, oh, I should go a different way. But nope, I just kept on. And I go and I just barrel up to this guy. And he's like, hey, stop. And I stop. God, I don't, I don't really, that's the thing. It's like what, what he actually said to me is gone. Like I can't remember. He, he called you, he called you a clown or he something. He did, he called me a clown. He was like, you're he's like, like, what are you like? What like running like a fucking yeah, clown? Like, like, what are you doing? You're running around like a fucking clown. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> oh, God. Like, you're going to you're going to get in trouble. He said he was going to shoot wait, you. Wait, right? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. OK, OK, OK. Yeah. Sorry. And so and I it was I think late fall or winter. So I had a coat on. I had my hands in my pockets. And he's just like, why do you have your hands <laughs> in your pockets? Like, do you have a gun? And I was like no and then he was like well i do and that moment like everything comes grinding to a halt and just like in my brain i'm like oh shit and i'm like this is it like he's gonna murder me i'm gonna die like wow it's been real everyone and god what happened i didn't die uh there was no gun produced he didn't even rob me which is what i thought my next thought was um no he i mean the guy i guess he just like saw me like being an idiot and was like someone needs to talk some sense into this kid (laughs) so i'm kind of grateful that he did that you drew too much attention i feel like definitely that's that was i mean i would have i would have mugged me if i saw myself just skipping like (laughs) you know you'd have to catch up of course which i was a very fast skipper um but nonetheless, 
Yeah, I feel like ever since then, I've had like a little bit more street smarts. So even though at, for a very solid moment, oh, he said he said he used to be a cop. And I wasn't sure if that was like oh. a good thing or a bad thing. And then he was like, and then he was just like, nah, like, get out of here. But that, that just like politicizes this whole thing. It does. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Well, I will say though, he wasn't white though. So it's not like he was just like some like white guy, like ex cop going around. Like, I think he was more like this guy's an idiot and needs, and needs mm. to get a little bit scared. He, um, he wanted to say something. Yeah. yeah. So he, he said a bunch of stuff about like how the college kids are so dumb and they're always just like running around and they don't know, you know, they don't know what's good for them. They don't know, you know, all the, the street stuff. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a time. Well, it's, you know, I feel like it's hard, uh, to get a sense of the street smarts, uh, before you've really kind of been in that environment. Like you kind of have to have that kind of experience or something similar to fully grasp like what's going on in the city yeah oh definitely because again it's like um emerson's a little bit insul- i mean we're not excuse me we're not insulated in the sense that we're like literally in the middle of downtown boston and there's like no real right. campus buffer um but we are insulated in the fact that we're just like a bunch of you know college students who just don't you know i was from i was from a very trusting area people don't lock their doors where i'm from i was just gonna say i mean you're you're from a very distinct kind of area of massachusetts where like it's just a completely different kind of vibe yeah definitely uh boston is a big city yeah you were just the the little country mouse yeah was i didn't know I just didn't know. Um, Anyways, hold that thought. I'm going to put my leftovers in the fridge and get some more water. Okay. Okay. Okay, I am back. What were you going to say? I was going to move into my next question, which is, uh, hey, what's the most exciting fictional world, in your opinion? Um, I do actually, I have an answer for this. I do have two uh, qualifying, or I have one qualifying question, which is, is it just like the one that I think is like the coolest? Or is it the one where I'm like, the uh where i'd like to live the most because those are two different answers that's a good question i'd say like the coolest what 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 are you like uh most excited by uh hands down for me um now it's like in the valley of the wind the uh specifically Mm. like the larger world that exists in the manga of like wait this is a really dumb question is it manga or manga 
uh, you're hey, you're, you're asking the wrong guy I feel like here. If you say you know? it correctly, you sound like a nerd, and I'm not yeah. a nerd, obviously. So right, right. Maybe right. if I, I say mean, it I, I've always said manga. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't, I don't A's, know. A's, man. I never, I never know how to say my A's. Con, You can go to the bathroom. Uh, anyways, I read manga. I don't speak it. Is the the takeaway? Right. Anyways, Nausicaa, the kind of extended universe of Nausicaa. Um, I mean, what's in the film is great too, but just like the. Uh, how familiar you've seen the movie right yes okay because just like the i mean the the books are so much crazy like that's the thing is like you realize like there's so in the, much for, more. His, for the books that miyazaki had to write basically he couldn't get the movie funded if there wasn't you know a book to base it off of and so he was like well i'm just gonna make a i'm just gonna make a manga and he did and it's actually really, really good. I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, and, like, the thing is, is, like, the movie is this, like, condensed. It's like he took the first quarter of the story. I think it's, like, the book. It's, like, four books. He takes the first book and then, like, throws in some stuff from the ending and just ties it up with a bow. But, like, in the book, you have, uh, you know, you got, like, multiple nations existing in this. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with it, basically... It's in Earth in, like, the year, like, 5,000. Uh, Earth, basically, through, like, a quasi-nuclear Armageddon featuring these, like, giant god warriors, uh, Earth basically destroyed itself, and now humankind is living in the ashes of this once great civilization, and all the while, the kind of the chaos of the end of the 20th or 21st century, whenever, whenever things come to an end, like have it spawned this toxic jungle that's like slowly cleansing slowly but painfully cleansing the planet of its like pollution um and so it's just like it's like i feel like it's already like a notch or two above your standard post-apocalyptic world but then you've got totally, like yeah i mean the the toxic jungle it's a miyazaki film so it's all about nature and the toxic jungle has this like complex ecosystem of like uh like giant killer insects but also like kind of more harmless creatures and in, in the books there's actually there's humans that live inside the jungle which are like they're so cool um i mean kind of gross like i wouldn't hang out with them but <laughs> like it's a, it's a really cool idea and and in the expanded universe there's the uh the tolmikian empire which are, they're in the movie, and they're, like, the bad guys, you know, as bad as a person can be in a Miyazaki movie. Um, they're, 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 like, kind of an imperialist war machine, I guess, so that's pretty bad. Um, but in the books, they're actually fighting a war with a rival empire, which is, like, straight out of D&D, because this empire, they're called the, uh, the Doroks, and they're, um, they are very, well, the while the Tolmikians are more of, like, a Western inspired kind of like anime like anime europe is how i describe them where like it's like knights in armor with like kind of westernish style airships oh well that's actually i just want to get so the thing i love about this universe is that it's like every all the technology there's like two technological 
uh, planes going at once where you've got like basically everything's medieval because that's there's no industry left. That's like all all there is. It's like, you know, peasants, basically. And like so it's like a very medieval structure, but there's just enough leftover technology from whatever the catastrophe was that like they're able to make like airships and they're able to able to make tanks and like these like, you know, big machinery that they can, you know, and they're all falling apart. They're just like these t like completely thrown together, like, and like, I don't know, just like from a world building standpoint, it's like so cool. They're taking like, you know, the, the modern airship of this world has an engine that's like three or 500 years old and was dug out. They, they're mining the ruins of old cities to get this technology. Mm -hmm. um, but the Dorak Empire is, uh, they are very mystical they're very Eastern. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually say fully like Western versus Eastern, because um, they're they're very different. They have their own unique flair, um, and they like, yeah, they're like all about like the Tolmikians are all about technology, but the Doraks are all about they have the high priest, or like a society of high priests. Well, like the king is like kind of like a god, um, who's immortal through witchcraft, um, and. And I don't know. It's like, it's kind of hard to describe, but they're like really into, so you got like magic and technology and like, you know, these like, everything's like cobbled together. And there's this really like, you know, the toxic jungle is only going to keep expanding. So these people are really fighting over like scraps of like what's left in terms of landmass. And every year there's like a little bit less land because I mean, the toxic jungle is toxic. You can't live in it. And even if you could live in it, you might get eaten by a giant bug. And so that's my, I think the, the universe is so cool, but I would never so, want to. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I totally understand why you <laughs> had that qualifying question now. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I mean, just like visually too, it's just such a like warm and beautiful environment. Like even when it, when you're seeing like the nastier side of that world, it's still like visually like fascinating and, and really just interesting. Yeah. A hundred percent It's definitely, things are definitely a little bit bleaker in the books, but it's like, it still is the same thing where it's like, there is like, you know, again, it's, you know, it's Hayao Miyazaki. He's got, uh, you know, it's kind of like the kind of the simple agrarian life is this like beautiful, you know, the protagonist Nausicaa who lives in the Valley of the Wind uh, lives in this kind of closed off little valley that's like very neutral. They're not really involved in any of the big conflicts that are happening in the world until, you know, basically a bunch of shit comes their way. And then and then they're they have no choice but to get involved. But like. They're kind of like in this beautiful, like pastoral, like isolated valley. You know, they have the winds. So the wind is actually, it blows in from the ocean. And that's what keeps the toxic jungle at bay is like the spores can't extend because the wind keeps blowing them back. And so, I don't know. There's just mm -hmm. like this like beautiful harmony in this place, which it like the world is beautiful. And like, even though I wouldn't want to live there, I kind of want to live there because I feel like it'd be so cool just to see like, like the airships and the, you know, the kind of very simple, dignified existence that people live in this world. Uh, with the exception of the, you know, 
tens if not hundreds of thousands of people who died horrific deaths during the war and of starvation and just being oh man there's some good scenes the uh where they go to villages that were just like consumed by the jungle and it's like really kind of horrifying because you just find all there's all these like bodies that are just like growing spores out of them and like it's it's uh it's something it's it's a crazy uh movie and i i need to check out yeah the i really i really recommend it because it's so it goes so much farther and like like i mean they did a good job summarizing it but it's just like they add a lot more like nuance to some things and like some and like a lot like a lot of characters get more a lot more like depth in terms of just like you know their relation like uh shoot what's the the uh the queen of the Tolmikians who's in the suit of armor what's her name oh jeez i want to say uh, lady boshi but that's mononoke um but anyways if you know who i'm talking about that woman there's a lot more to her backstory cuz we see her family and like where she's coming from and it's uh it's a mess but anyways you know, um, that's highly recommended very important question, John. Do you think if a ring, a ring, if you, okay, let me back up. Do, do, do. Uh, before, before I ask this question. Sorry, yeah, I'm hey, far away sorry. from the microphone. <clears throat> no, no, don't worry. Um, uh, in the past two interviews I've done uh, recently, I've been asking questions about toe rings. Um, and so uh, do you think if a ring is small enough uh, do you, basically, do you think there's a ring that would work for both your fingers and your toes? Um, yeah, hold on. Let me just let me pull up my notes and why? on the subject. And why? Yeah. Um, so yeah, short answer, yes. Why do you think this? Okay. <laughs> well, I just realized I'm coming from a, I'm coming at it from like a very pragmatic standpoint of like, like some of my toes are fatter than my fingers, so that wouldn't work. But a ring that could fit on my index finger wait, wait is that true your toes are fatter than your fingers yeah i think so i feel like some people it's the other way around no i got really thin wizard fingers but i have really big right. feet so that's interesting yeah you know what they say about people well, with definitely. big feet is they have big toes and the rings they won't work yeah. but i am saying like one of my middle toes could probably mm-hmm. fit Maybe like a pinky what ring. About, what about your pinky ring and your little toe? Do you think they could share a ring? I, I think so. That was one of the, the cases for, was I think that they're this, roughly the same size. Hmm. What, and uh, uh, just kind of a follow-up question, not one of the five questions, but uh, would, would you do this? Would you have a ring that you could wear on both your, your pinky and your pinky? So when you say that, do you mean like, like a ring that I'm like swapping between the two, or do you mean like, like I only buy one brand of rings and it's like equal toe and like, and I buy like one to my? Yeah, yeah, definitely the the latter case. Okay. Yeah, because I I don't think I would. Um, no. No, really. Well, so for the, uh, if it was just like a like buying a ring that's like a you know, like a flexible, like it could be for your toes and your fingers. 
Mm-hmm. That would actually be somewhat appealing to me because then it means that like, you know, if you can make if you can make a ring for toes, then that means that your ring like is not going to just like it's stuck on your finger forever. Like you, like it'll be able you can take it on yeah. and off. And I feel like what you're saying though is, would you rather just be surprised that the ring works for both? You're right. That might be that might be a nice little, yeah. Would you prefer that experience? Maybe? I guess life would be a little bit richer if when you are putting rings on your toes, if you don't know if they're gonna fit. <laughs> that said, I also think that wearing rings on your toes would be awful. Like I just feel like it would I just like hurt. It's just a bad idea. Uh, it it promotes fertility. Oh well, that changes things then. Yeah, I gotta get some some rings on yeah. these guys. These little dogs. Um, well, thank you for playing in that space with me for Absolutely. a moment. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's an area of interest for me. <laughs> rings, especially. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what is one idea that you've had that you never saw come to light? And it could be, you know, something like a project you didn't see come to light. It could be like an invention, some, some wild idea. Anything. Hmm. I actually have to think about that. I didn't read that far into the questions. That's not true. I read it, but then I focused on the first couple and then forgot about uh, <laughs> the later ones. Don't worry. Um, the serial positioning. <laughs> Gosh, an invention. Um. <laughs> So what comes to mind is, um, although no, act. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, this actually, I can't talk about this because this is an invention that did come to light. Um, I'll quickly tell the story, anyways. I for a third grade yeah, science yeah. fair, we had to invent things, and I at that point <laughs> thought of myself as something of an inventor, and was extremely excited. And yet I couldn't think of any good invention ideas that were feasible. You know, I wanted to make like a hover car, but like there's no way you could do that for like a science fair. I mean, there you could, but I was like nine. Like, what did I know? Um, they're not eight. Anyways, so what I came up with at like at the last minute, I was, I was like, it's like a, it's a sock organizer, which was a paper clip with like a little bit of tape on it. And you write socks on it. And that's the invention. I love that. That's great. Yeah, but that, like I said, that, that did come to light. I had a prototype working in time for the fair. And as, you know, as we all know, I've sold millions of copies. <laughs> prototype, yes. Um, since then. Um, but something that hasn't... Got, and I feel like is a, and I have an embarrassment of riches in this category of I feel like I've had so many ideas both for like things or just like stuff I wanted to do over the years that like never really came to anything. You're an ideas I man. I am an ideas that's man. What we, for better, that's what we all say about for better you. Better for worse. I'm a, I'm an ideas man. But uh Yeah, I wonder. Ooh, I did. 
um, in 10th grade, I, in my high school film class, we watched, shit, what is it called? Is it In Shen on Delu? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in Shen Andalus. Un, un, un the uh, Andalusian yeah. dog. Um, <laughs> uh, hear that beeping? Yes. What is? This? Is there an oh, uh, accident? Yeah, it's an accident. Oh. Uh, directed by Luis Punuel and uh, Salvador Dali. Oh, he he did the screenplay. Anyways, our high school film teacher. It's now seven forty-five. Um, the high school film teacher showed us this. And myself and one of my best friends at the time, our minds were just blown. We were just like, whoa, like you can make a movie that doesn't make any sense. So like immediately <laughs> after that class, we like ran down to the computer lab and we started typing our experimental abstract uh, art film together. And like every time there's a creative decision, we're like, we're, we're like, like they're eating dinner, but they're having pancakes, and it's like it's all stuff like that. Oh, and it's completely silent. There's no dialogue in the film because that's you know that's deep. Of course, um, yeah. We didn't want to distract from the uh, the, the the potent the symbolism. substance. Um, yes. In this, there was uh, a war happening. It was a it was a sort of like a like a romance story of this this young guy who just like a girl randomly shows up. Uh, she's got a red umbrella, which is what the project was called. Um, and it's raining all the time. Um, and so she shows up with her red umbrella and he's just like, oh, this is weird. But then like, she, he can't say anything. So he's just like, I guess she just lives here now and she doesn't leave. So they just like, you know, they fall in love, but they just like cohabitate for a while. Um, and then that's the A story. The B story is that there's this group of soldiers that are at war with a group of clowns. Um, and the two, they come together. Ooh. It's crazy. Like, you wouldn't think they'd come together, but they do at the end. Though the clown war <laughs> spills over. It's a meat cute. It is, kind of. Um, <laughs> but, and actually, as I'm describing this, like, I'm remembering, I'm remembering what it was like to work on this, and I'm actually getting excited thinking about it. I'm like, like... I still feel the way that I did when I, it was ninth grade when we started it, actually. <laughs> when we were in ninth yeah. grade and we were just like, we were so like full of like inspiration and had this crazy, like, it's really dumb. Like if I saw someone else write this screenplay, I would like tear it apart. But like, I don't know. It felt so exciting and I felt like there's something so poignant about it that like I still, like I have that like nostalgia for this project. Um Anyways, we ended up with like a 40 or 50 page screenplay, despite there being no dialogue. <laughs> Actually, maybe it was only 30 pages, but it was long. Um, a yeah. lot happened. And then we were like, now we're going to make it. Uh, we were in ninth grade. Neither of us had driver's <laughs> licenses. Um, we did actually, we borrowed some equipment. Our high school film teacher, shout out to Elijah Rottenberg. He lent us his DVX 100, which at the time was like, that was like a big camera. Uh, he had a, like the same lighting kit that we had freshman year at Emerson. Like we had one of those elemental kits. Uh, mm. We had a nice microphone actually, you know, for all the dialogue. Right. Um, yeah. 
and yeah he like and like had like a tripod and like some filters and gels and stuff and we were just like and he got again i went to a really small school so when you're like who's gonna act in this there's like a very limited selection of people so we asked a couple people and then two people in our class said yes so they were the couple and then we got my friend's brother and his uh his brother's friend to be two of the soldiers and then one of my other best friends was the the lead the colonel um who was the leader of the soldiers and uh yeah so anyways we didn't really ever finish it <laughs> we like filmed like like three or four scenes there's like no like just trying to make that work we tried to film it over the summer um interestingly we had that summer um which was i want to say 2009 oh wow way back 2008 yeah. well you you said you were a freshman yeah no it was the summer of 2009 yeah and the uh we got a prolific amount of rain that summer like it was just like a really rainy summer, which was perfect for us because the script had a lot of rain, which we then found out that you're not supposed to have specific weather in your low budget film because then it like really limits you. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we, but like part of me kind of wishes that we actually fought, like there's no way we could have made the film as it existed. Like it was, there's a, I mean, there's a war. Like there was like <laughs> maybe like yeah. 30 extras way outside of the yeah means. and it was like way outside our means like we didn't have cars like our parents had to drop us off at our friend's house where we were filming like it was everyone everyone was really accommodating though which was so nice oh our lead actors just like kept not showing up oh that that's the best and, and it's like we already got our parents to like drive us to our friend's house and for at least some of the filming like he wasn't even there like he was away and so we were just like at our, again, I lived in a very trusting place. So we were just like at like our friend's house, like alone, unsupervised, no car. We're in the middle of Shelburne, Massachusetts. So it's like, we can't go anywhere. Uh, it was, but I do, I kind of wish that we pull, actually pulled together a movie out of that. Cause like, it would have been such like a strange artifact. <laughs> I wish it existed though. I mean, it sounds, but, but you're saying, you, you know, you did work on it, yeah. right? So like, the, the happy is ending some, is that we stuff. shot like a number of scenes um, and then we are just going to put them, we're going to put them together. Uh, sorry, what was I saying? We shot a bunch of scenes and then we just like, I, I threw them together and then we, uh, ooh, actually, I feel kind of guilty about this in retrospect. It was actually kind of messed up. Uh, I ended up using a bunch of the footage in my reel for Emerson. Uh, but my uh, friend also applied to Emerson. And he didn't. And he used footage from footage? other projects. Because I had the hard drive with all that footage. Uh, and so, and he, he, no, he still got in, but he got waitlisted. And I just remember it was like, it was like a little bit of a point of contention. And I do kind of feel bad about that, you know? Well, maybe he wrote like booger on his application <laughs> or something. Who you knows? never know. 
Um, and then, because we also made another, oh gosh, yeah, we made another film together the next summer using some, excuse me, some props that we had purchased for the first one that we never got to use. Um, and so I also used a lot of footage from that too. So I had a great reel coming into college. I, I definitely should have given Zach the footage though. That was, that was kind of rude. He <laughs> never asked though. Um, but I still should have. Zach is the he best. He is the best. And he turned out fine. He's Yeah, he has a, a very great life. Man. He does. Um, all right, so last Sorry, I'm giving question. crazy long answers. You can just chop No, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, how, how does your future look? How are you feeling about it? Uh, you know, you got a movie. You got a movie going on? Yeah. Uh, this is a weird time for talking about the future. Yeah, uh, we're 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 still in Corona Town. Yeah. Um, for those which uh, is you know those altered reality. Corona listeners, we are we're still in the thick of it. <laughs> those post Corona Minotaurs—they're the only ones who are gonna yeah survive this one. Um, man, what's that saying? Minotaurs will inherit the Minotaurs will inherit the Earth. I think that's in the Bible. Yeah, that's my my prophetic statement. Yeah. <laughs> just you wait. Just, just you wait. So I have no idea what the future looks like. I've been thinking about it recently. I had a big talk with one of my friends about it recently because he was, you know, trying to convince me to just, like, move to Europe. Like, why not? And mm. made a bunch of valid... Again, we are in midst of coronavirus. Uh and there's a number of reasons why living in Europe right now might seem a little bit more appealing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like, I, I feel really weird. I like don't have a vision for my future really, which I guess not everyone does. So you shouldn't feel bad. Um, I feel a little bit bad because again, I went to school completely surrounded by like, people who are extremely like driven and like fueled by these visions of like how they were going to go make the next big, you know, the next big film and get noticed. And, you know, jury's still out on a lot of that, but like, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but like, you know, that's, they're, they're up, they're working in a direction. They've got like a, you know, there's somewhere where they're going. And I'm, I'm really mindful of the fact that like, it almost doesn't matter where I try to go. Because, like, life's just going to... I'm going to end up where I'm going to end up. Um, so. But, to answer that... Ooh, it was all dark now. I know. I know, it's got... I, I am turning my video back on. I feel like it's... To give, like, a like. better answer... I've been thinking about my, my future. And I feel like... I am. I am. I've kind of, I've been doing like the same thing for like almost five years now. No, sorry, four years. Um, basically, since I graduated, I've been working the same job. I've been living in the same city. I've been doing all this stuff. And so now I'm like, okay, either by or before year five, I'm going to switch it up in some way, be it moving to a new city or just getting like another job or like um, just because I want to push myself out of my comfort zone and like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say try something new. Cause I'd be looking for the same type of work I'm doing now. 
just like a different environment, you know? Um, and then I do also have, you know, knock on wood, you know, whenever it's, whenever it's finished, the, uh, I've been, I've done my first feature film. Sorry, I haven't done. I'm working on my first feature film, which I am co-directing with my friend Logan. Shout out to Logan. Uh, uh, friend of the yeah, show. Friend of the show. Previous guest. Yeah, previous guest. Um, and I don't, it's a really hard thing. I mean, Andy's seen it. Andy knows. It's a hard thing to quantify, like, what will happen with that. It's very likely it's going to play at a few festivals and then, like, never go anywhere. And it's, I highly doubt that anyone is going to watch that movie and then write us a blank check to make our next film. Um, but I can't help but feel like a little bit more, I don't know, like confident going out, going out there in the world with like a whole feature film under my belt that like, you know, it took, it took two years of a lot of crazy situations and, and a kind of insane amount of work that I didn't realize it was going to be. But um, I sorry I didn't I knew it was going to be a lot of work. I underestimated it though. Um, well, it's hard like until you actually are in yeah. it to know the like magnitude of it. I feel and like. I kind of had a feeling that like I if I knew what was going to be involved in doing it, I don't know if I would have done it. I kind of would have been like, oh, I don't know. I think I'll just chill and just hang out with my friends and like not you know spend all this time working feverishly. But like the, but now having done that, you're kind of like, wow, like that's something I can do. I mean, obviously I don't want to, again, Logan deserves a lot of credit here. And even like the script, the script is, you know, so much, so much Logan and the kind of the idea of it. And like, I really can't take credit for it, but nonetheless, you know, I, you know, we both, put in a crazy amount of work. We divided, you know, responsibilities. We, you know, and the fact that I was able to do that and like survive. And the other thing that's nice is like, when you say I made a feat, like if you've made a 10 minute short, like you're like, you're at a job interview or something like, yeah, like I've you know made this short film. It's on YouTube. Your boss is going to be like, well, they might be like, Oh, can I see it? But if you're like, yeah, I made like a 90 minute feature. They'll be like, oh, that sounds cool. But they, they don't have that kind of time. They're not going to want to watch all that. And so it's like a nice thing right. where like you, you say it, you get all the, uh, the social capital of having, you know, finished something like this. But also you have like the freedom knowing that like only a small group of people are ever going to watch it. Um, and I, I mean, I am, I am excited for it to get out in the world. It's, what I think is great about this project is what we're making is something that we like, we want to exist. If that makes sense. Like it's, I can't help but feel like the world's going to be a little bit richer with this film there. Even if, you know, like 30 yeah. people watch it. It just has to be out there. Yeah. You know, it, there really isn't anything like it. Like as someone who was on those sets, like seeing everyone work and first off, like, it's a group effort. Like, yeah, sorry. I, I feel I was like saying, so much came together. I also, I, yeah, I also want to say, like, I was talking about this like as an accomplishment of myself and Logan. But like, Andy, you really put in a lot of work. You put yourself in some crazy situations. 
uh, probably did some things you didn't think you'd have, ever have to. Um, <laughs> you know, being in that mask all last summer has prepared me for uh, exactly. coronavirus. Exactly. If we'd only known. It was good training. It was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it's just, it needs to be out there. So I totally, totally get where you're coming from on that. And uh, I feel like when it is out there, like it will go the festival route. I feel like it, it will stick somewhere. Um, I'm just not sure yeah, that's, where. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like there's, again, because we're making a film that we'd love to see. And there's like a small group of just like weirdos out there who are going to be like, wow, somebody made a movie like just for me. Right. And because again, they're, they're, they're a demographic that's not always satisfied with, you know, I don't want to say that's not always satisfied. There's plenty of amazing films that are out there, but like, you know, the, the people who are going to like it, it being as strange of a project as it is, you know, there's not quite a lot out there that's quite like it. Um, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, but I, like, I don't know how that fits into my future. Like, I don't, like, is that just going to be like a weird footnote in my life that like, I'm always just going to be like, you know, John Harrison, you know, made a future film. I'm like always, cause I mean, the thing is, is like, that's nice. Like if I never make anything ever again, at least I made one 90 minute film, like not like a little like short film, not like, like a real full length movie. Like, sorry, I don't mean to, there's plenty of amazing short films out there in the world too. I don't want to diminish that. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's, it is an achievement yeah. and it's something you're going to have the experience of, of going through forever. Yeah. But also, I probably will make um, more stuff afterwards. But I, I feel you in, like, I don't feel like I also have the best answer. So, this, you know, asking this question is a little tongue-in-cheek of, like, I don't even know myself. But I, I feel very similarly, like, it's time for the next chapter or the next yeah. thing. Um, but I feel like right now isn't the time to make that I'll move. say it's the like time, it's, it's it's the time to think of what your next move is yeah. Um, but yeah not the time not the time to make tracks um, but I'm yeah I'm kind of realizing to sound like a like really like self help ish like you know the kind of the uh, very altogether like professional person of mm. the world but like holistic man. <laughs> you kind of need to set an intention for 2021 or whenever you know whenever it's safe <laughs> to exist in the world um you need to figure out what you know you have to set, you have to set a goal for yourself or else you're just going to again when i got when i started the job i'm at right now i feel i was like two years and i'm done and then i'll go on to the next thing but again it's been four years and it's I'm realizing how easy it is to get caught into a into a rut and it's not like I'm unhappy like I'm kind of content where I am right now but I just don't want to you know end up being like you know middle-aged and be like wow I've only worked one type of job I've only lived in one sit like I don't know if this is the best life for myself it's only the one that I've had and so I'd like yeah. to at least try a couple different things and, you know, get out there a little bit. 
Um, and to be honest, I mean, that doesn't necessarily need to be professional. Like if I'm working the same job, but it means I get a, I don't know, like travel or like do more films like this, like that, that has a payoff too. Um, yeah. I mean, I, again, I think it's just like that next chapter, yeah. like we're ready for, for something else. But, yeah. But I feel like there's gotta be um, like, there's gotta be something different enough that it's like, ah, chapter two. Yeah. Um, well, first, uh, thank you for, for stopping by, uh, coming to the Andrews Croft beach yeah, here with me. I love the beach for this summer, summer chat. Um, the last thing that, that folks, uh, are invited to do in the show is if you have a question for me, uh, this is the, the period where that, that kind of happens. Oh. Gosh, I would have, I would have prepared a real humdinger too. Oh boy. Um, it can be anything, yeah. you know. You know I, mean, I already, I already know everything about you, if we're being honest. You, you know quite a bit, yeah. yeah. But the one thing I don't know. The one thing <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, like I was saying, the one thing that's always, it's it's plagued me. I've been... Again, I can't mm-hmm. sleep some because I'm just like sweating. What does Andy? What's Andy's stance on this? Where does Ooh. where does Andy stand? <laughs> uh oh. Um, <laughs> and the question is: Fuck Mary Kill. Oh boy. Max Rebo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kit Fisto. Size noodles. Oh. Shit, the the fucking the little the little guy from from Rise of Skywalker. Oh, Salacious. Oh, uh, uh, Babu Freak. Babu Freak. Freak. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, new Star Wars movies are significantly less like imprinted on my brain. <laughs> yeah, the the little esoteric like yeah. characters in those they're not not as iconic. I no. feel like. Um, okay, I would. Uh, Uh, all right. Well, I'm, there's no way I'm getting out of this, and I'm not marrying Max Rebo. Yeah, of course, it's the um, only logical answer. I'm afraid to have sex with Babu, but I think that's just me being sizes. So you're going to kill him? No, no, no. He's I'm small, saying he deserves death. Is that's what you're saying? No, no. I'm saying I I don't think it's fair of me to do that, and I think that I should give him a chance and he's awesome. So I want to give him a shot. So, uh, I would, I would, I would fuck Babu free. Um, and who, and who was the other kid? Yeah. Fisto? I guess I just killed Kit Fisto. He's not, which is sad because he's a great Kit guy. Just can't catch a break. He just can't. I mean, he, you know, he came as he went, you know, hmm. um, well, John, thank you so much for coming on uh uh, again brain death is a film in the works uh from you and logan that i'm really excited keep an eye out either 2020 or 2021 it's coming maybe 2022 Um, we'll see we'll see we'll see 
but no, I feel like that's just a testament to like why we're waiting. Like it is just there's a lot of work, and I'm excited to see the final pro- product. So. Yeah, I will say this cuts a little bit. Actually, the cut where we're at right now in terms of cut is pretty good. And we're adding some fun little details too, which I can't wait for you to see. Nice. But yeah, thank you. Um, well, thank definitely, you for having me. Um, yeah, definitely send me an Earthlink uh, message oh, uh, with with the movie. Um, but but yeah, let's let's get off the beach and let's get in our our dune buggy and let's go home. Beautiful. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs>